Welcome back to the Not Your Mama podcast. This is your host, Kelly Bryant. And today I have a quick episode for you talking about childbirth education. So I have said this kind of offhand in several episodes that, you know, childbirth education is so important. These are the kinds of childbirth education I've done, et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted to kind of do a little bit of a deep dive. And I say deep dive, we're going to keep this episode pretty short, but I wanted to do a slightly deeper dive on um, what why I say that childbirth ed is so important and what to look for, what kind of class to take, when to take it, all of those things. So first thing is, I think a lot of people come to me, if they're coming to me prenatally, they come to me like, I want to work out so I can have the best birth possible or so I can have the easiest recovery possible. Whether we want to or not, a lot of us have that kind of bounce back mentality drilled in our head. And so consciously or unconsciously, people are thinking before they even have the baby, they're like, well, what can I do to give myself the best odds possible of having an easy recovery? So if we're working backwards from your recovery and going to, okay, so then what do we need to be doing right now in pregnancy? Let's start. You want the easiest recovery possible? Have the most uncomplicated birth possible. Now, I acknowledge that not everyone can have a vaginal birth. There are some very valid reasons to have a C-section. However, if you can avoid a cesarean birth, that is going to make your recovery much, much easier. So if I'm catching you before it's too late, avoid a C-section at all costs. What can you do to avoid, or first of all, I guess, let's say why avoid a C-section? One, you're cutting through every layer of your abdominal tissue. You're going to have a lot more time out before you can start exercising again. And when you do start exercising again, odds are it's going to be a lot more difficult to kind of coordinate and get the core working properly again. Two is a C-section does not necessarily save you from having to do pelvic floor recovery. So just carrying a pregnancy and depending on what your uh, birth looked like prior to the C-section, sometimes the, the birth process, that can do some damage to the pelvic floor regardless of whether or not a baby exits that route or not. So no shade whatsoever to cesarean parents that it's a perfectly valid way to birth. There are some times that it is necessary, but if you can avoid it, it will make your recovery easier. That said, how do you avoid a cesarean? One is to just have a healthy pregnancy, right? So some things are out of our control. Sometimes we have, um, for example, uh, preeclampsia. If you have preeclampsia, they're gonna want to get that baby out as soon as possible, right? So you might be only 36 weeks, but if you're having preeclampsia, they're gonna wanna induce you. So often they'll give you a trial of labor. They will try to induce you first, but an induction when baby and body are not ready is often not successful. So whether that is an induction for something like preeclampsia, which is a very valid reason for an induction, or an induction for convenience, right? There's a holiday coming up. Your provider doesn't want to be on call. You want your baby to be born within a certain time. Uh, The provider routinely schedules inductions at 38 weeks. There's a lot of really invalid reasons to have an induction. Um, But so avoid an induction if it's not absolutely medically necessary, And we'll talk a little bit more about how do you know if it's medically necessary or not. So don't worry, we'll get into that. Um, But avoid an induction because sometimes inductions fail. People don't realize this. Sometimes inductions don't work. 
And oftentimes, medical intervention, like an induction, can do things, for example, they can cause fetal distress. They can do things that necessitate additional intervention, like a C-section. So give yourself the easiest, most uncomplicated vaginal birth, birth you can, and often what that means, stay healthy during pregnancy if you can. That may or may not be within your control. Sometimes you have complicating factors that you cannot change. That's fine. Um, and then wait. Don't be impatient. Let your baby come when they want to come. Avoid inducing labor if you can. Um, do things like spinning babies exercises to get baby into a good position for vaginal birth, right? So um, sometimes people will have a C-section scheduled because their baby's transverse or breech. Um, do what you can to get baby into an ideal position. That is something that someone like myself or spinning babies um, can help you with. So some exercises can help. And have a doula. A doula uh, can help you make decisions in the moment. Uh, like, is this truly an emergency? Do I, what are my other options? Do, what are my pain management options maybe? Um, they can provide additional resources that may help you avoid complications. So those are my tips for avoiding complication. So again, we're working backwards. You want to have the easiest recovery possible. You want to have the most uncomplicated vaginal birth possible. Those are some things you can do to avoid having complications. Now, how do you know what is truly medically necessary and what isn't? How do you know how you want to do these things? How do you know how you want to accomplish these things? And if you do ultimately decide that you want an unmedicated birth or um, whatever interventions you choose you don't want, how do you make that happen? And the answer, my friends, is childbirth education. So a good childbirth ed class is going to help you, one, make your own decisions about what interventions you want and which you don't. So a good childbirth education class is not going to say, if X, Y, Z is happening, this is your, this is what's going to happen to you. This is the intervention that you're going to have. This is the procedure that we are going to do, et cetera. A good class is going to say, if X, Y, Z is happening, this is the risk. These are your options. These are the interventions that are available to you. And these are the pros and the cons of each. Because the truth is, there is no intervention that is absolutely required. Obviously, there are certain circumstances. If you are in labor and baby is transverse, right? So first thing is, you have a transverse baby at 38 weeks. You don't have to schedule a C-section. You can say, I want to wait until labor starts and see if labor puts baby into a better position. A transverse baby can't be born. A transverse baby cannot come out. They have to have some kind of a presenting part at the cervix. Some people will argue that a breech baby absolutely can be delivered vaginally. Some providers won't do it. In my opinion, if your provider isn't comfortable doing it, I wouldn't really want my that to happen either. I would probably choose to have a C-section in that case. But you can choose to say, hey, I'd like to let labor begin naturally. I'd like to wait until my baby decides that they're ready to come, not potentially introduce additional complications to my baby by having them delivered earlier than they're ready for. Um, sorry, it's a bit of a tangent. Um, it is also starting to ring. So I apologize if the sound quality gets a little crummy. This is the 
I am in the studio, which is a metal building. So uh, it is going to be a little tinny, I'm afraid. Um, but a good birth class is going to give you your options. They are not going to say, you have a transverse baby. That means we're going to schedule a C-section at 38 weeks. They are going to say, if you have a transverse baby, that baby is not going to be able to be delivered vaginally. However, you can choose to schedule a C-section. You can choose to wait until labor begins on its own and potentially have an emergency C-section, or maybe baby will move into position and you'll be able to deliver that baby vaginally. Um, so those are that's just one example. A good birth class is going to tell you about your different pain management options, and they're going to include medicated and unmedicated options there. A good birth class is going to tell you about your induction options. They're going to explain when babies naturally come, which is not typically on their due date and definitely not two weeks before it. Um, some babies come two weeks before their due date, but most do not. Um, so they're going to talk to you about your due date, when you can really expect baby to come. They're going to tell you what, um, when and why you might want to induce baby, right? So you might want to induce labor at 40 weeks, they might say, or 41 weeks or 42 weeks. And this is why you might choose any one of those times. And this is what your induction options are. And hopefully they're going to tell you about some induction options that don't involve medication. That is the purpose of a good independent birth class. And I recommend that every birthing person take a birth class that is led independently. So what I mean when I say independently is that they, the person leading the class is not associated with your birthplace. They are not associated with your hospital or your midwifery practice or your, you know, any of those things. You want to kind of expose yourself to as many different ideas as possible. You want to hear from people who are not necessarily the ones uh, following the protocol provided by the hospital. Um, so that's the first one. And I recommend that you take that birth class 20 to 30-ish weeks of pregnancy. One, that's generally the point in pregnancy where most people feel pretty good. Uh, you're going to be like, unfortunately, most birth classes, you're like sitting on your butt for like 10 hours. Um, typically, birth classes are like five to 10 hours. They're usually done over the course of like one or two long days or uh, several weeks for an hour or two. So you'll be sitting on your butt for a long time. If you are like 36 weeks pregnant, that's probably not going to be super comfortable. So just a tip there, you might want to um, do it earlier because you'll be more comfortable. You also want to do it earlier because if you're getting into 34 weeks, 36 weeks, you are risking the chance that the baby comes early and you haven't had an opportunity to learn anything about birth. Um, and then there's just the, the part of it that's like you want, if you are being taught about some options or some techniques that you might want to use during birth or ways that your partner can support you, you probably want some time to sit with those things. So if you have to make choices about your birth plan, you want to have a few weeks to like do your own research, read a book, follow some Instagram accounts, listen to some podcasts, like talk to your partner and make those decisions in an unrushed and informed way. If you're waiting till 36 weeks, you are much more likely to be like, get this baby out. I don't care. You're not going to have as much probably intentionality in your choices. Um, so that is, that is part of why I would say 
maybe don't wait until the last minute. I'm sorry, the audio is probably really rough now. It is coming down. Um, let me see if I can switch mics. Let's hold. So that's the first childbirth education class. Then we have a second childbirth education class that I recommend people take. And that is the class that's associated with your birthplace. So this is where you're coming in with all of the information about what you want out of your birth. And you're kind of going to check it, not you know, explicitly, you're not going to tell them this is what I'm doing, but you're going to kind of cross-reference against what their policies and protocols are. So they might say something like, we want you to come in when you're in labor at this point in the birth and you might go, "Mm, I know based on my birth class that if I come in too early, I'm likely to have X, Y, Z happen. And so I'm going to choose not to do that. I'm going to come in at this point. Um, And you might choose to discuss that with your provider or not. That kind of depends on your relationship with your provider and whether you think that they're going to be open to doing things a little bit differently. Um, You're going to be you know, thinking about your pain management tools. You're going to be thinking about like, you know, I know I want to be able to use water, warm water to help me relax. How does that fit with the hospital's um, equipment, what they have available, when they're going to let me do that, et cetera. And I say, let me, but truly you are the boss in your birth. You can do whatever you want. They're not going to arrest you. They're not going to kick you out. Um, So they have protocols that their staff is required to follow. If anyone tells you that you have to do something or you have to let them do something to you in birth, that is not true. You are welcome to say to them, I hear that you are recommending XYZ. I am declining that. You can note that in my chart. Please note in my chart that I have chosen not to do da 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 da. And you can even say, please note in my chart that I have chosen not to have XYZ medication administered to me. You are administering this medication against my consent, for example. Um, Hopefully you're not going to be in that kind of like a combative situation in your birth, but if it comes up, that is an option that you have. So you're going to do your independent birth class and you're going to do your uh, birth class at a, you know, wherever you're delivering your baby. Now, that independent class, how do you find that? My first recommendation is that you do that locally. If you can find someone local to you, they are going to know more about your provider and your birthplace possibly. So they'll know about kind of that provider's reputation, how they work, things that are likely to come up. Um, They are going to be more plugged into your local community. So if you're saying like, hey, it's really important to me that I breastfeed and I want this to be part of my birth plan, that baby comes skin to skin with me and is allowed to latch before they, you know, take the baby to do their, you know, kind of initial newborn checkup. Um, that that person who you're taking birth class with can say, hey, if it's really important to you that you breastfeed, here's a lactation consultant you might want to know about. Here's a business card for this kind of a professional that you might need. Um, so they can be really, really helpful Um with providing referrals, with knowing what's going on in your local community. I am not particularly partial to any one birth method. Um, I tend to find that if the person is independent, for example, if they're a doula um, or an independent childbirth educator, they're probably going to be pretty good at presenting all of the facts and a well-rounded approach. Um, But some that you might be interested in Lamaze is obviously the most well-known, right? They have the reputation of being the like (laughs) breathing. They don't do that anymore. That is not a Lamaze thing that they do anymore. 
Um, but they are a very well-known international um, childbirth education curriculum. Um, they tend to be a little bit more open to medicated birth. So if you know that you want um, an epidural, for example, I would recommend that you take a Lamaze class or something like that because they're going to have a little bit more information. They're going to be able to better guide you in what kind of epidural you want, when you want to get that epidural, things like that. Um, if you're really committed to natural birth, then Hypnobabies is a really popular uh, course, as well as Bradley Method. I love Bradley Method um, in the pandemic. Uh, hopefully this is not happening anymore, but I know, for example, in Canada, people are still limited in the number of support people they are allowed to have in the hospital. So if you're not going to be able to have a doula, you want your partner to be really, really educated. You want them to have very tactical, hands-on skills that they can use to support you during labor. And so I recommend Bradley Method. It's also, um, it's partner-coached birth. It is you and the birth partner are learning together um, the stages of labor, what kind of coping skills are helpful to you. Um, our Bradley Method class that we took, my husband and I, had a lot of videos where we were watching actual unmedicated vaginal births, which for a lot of people, partners and birthing people both, that's like the first time that you've ever seen a vaginal birth, especially an unmedicated vaginal birth. You really want kind of like a little bit of exposure therapy of like, this is what's going to happen. This is for real. This is what's coming. Don't freak out when this happens. Um, Alex and I talked about that a little bit in the last episode with our um, birth story. Again, we did Bradley Method. It's great. It tends to be more oriented toward natural childbirth. So a really, really great way for your partner to get super informed and be prepared to help you cope. It is still a birth class for both partners. Um, but especially if you know you're not going to have a doula, you're not going to have another support person, I really strongly recommend Bradley Method. If you know that you're going to have a medicated birth, I strongly recommend um, Lamaze. Hypnobabies is a great one if you're like a little bit more into the woo. Um, and not every birth class is going to be explicitly labeled with one of these. So just because something isn't like a branded birth class doesn't mean that it's not um, a good valid option. So those are just a few that I'm familiar with. So we talked about one of the main purposes of childbirth education, which is to help you know what your options are, know what you want, and to some extent know how to ask for it and understand how it's going to fit in with the hospital's policies. And then the other purpose is to learn how to birth, to actually learn how to do a childbirth. Um, that is not going to be, you know, nothing I think really prepares you for how you actually birth, but um, it can be helpful to understand, at least on some cognitive level. I'm a very cognitive person. So it helps me a lot to be able to visualize like, okay, this is where my baby is moving down in my pelvis and they're rotating and my cervix is expanding to this size and all of that. Like that's really helpful for me. Some people are much more into the like, I'm just going to let nature take its course and I don't need to understand all of that. But I think it is really, really helpful to understand what's going on so that you can know how to work with your body. You're going to practice a lot of coping techniques. So 
your partner is going to learn how to like rub your back in a really helpful way so that you can help alleviate discomfort. They're going to maybe learn what are the most useful or um, motivating mantras for you that they can say to you when you're in birth. You know, this is your baby. This isn't, you know, the contractions can't be stronger than you. They are you. This is your body. You're doing exactly what you need to do. Whatever it is, you're safe. I love you. Whatever it is that you need to hear in your birth, you're figuring that out in your birth class. It is the dress rehearsal. It is the opportunity for you to say, I don't like the way, I don't like when you touch me like that. I do like, that feels really good. Can you rub right there? More pressure, less pressure. You don't want to be learning all of those things like in birth. You want to have had some practice. So that is the purpose of a childbirth education class. And where that kind of ties in or fits in with what I do is that a lot of people are coming to me and saying like, hey, make my body ready for birth. And one, if they don't know what they want out of their birth, then they're, you know, nothing I do is going to help them all that much. But two, you want to know things like, hey, squatting is a really helpful position for birth, or I think I'd really like to birth in this position. My body can't do that yet. Like, for example, if you're like squatting is a really useful birth position, I can't squat. I can't get my hips below my knees, for example. That's a mobility skill that we can work on. You want to know these things because I can't help you if I don't know what you want your birth to look like. You know, if you're going to have a C-section, we want to do very different. It's basically like a surgery prehab situation versus if we're thinking of, you know, I'm not going to talk to you as much about like, let's really work on your hip mobility and work on learning how to let go of your pelvic floor if you know that you're going to have a C-section for whatever reason. So it is going to help guide what physical interventions or what um, mobility practices or what strength work you want to do. And then most importantly, it's just the fact that no amount of preparing your body will help if you haven't mentally and emotionally prepared for childbirth. In my experience, and I think in the experience of many, many um, birthing people, much to their surprise, the mental and emotional part is a much, much bigger component. It is much more challenging psychologically to go through the transformation of birth. And if you don't know what's happening to you, if you're not prepared for that, if you don't have a partner who is prepared to tell you everything that you need to hear to get through that challenge, it doesn't matter how many freaking squats you've done. It doesn't matter that you have like a super powered glute bridge. Those things won't make a difference if your brain, if your emotions are not prepared to get you through that process. And then most importantly of all, if you don't know what you want and if you don't know when to call bullshit on interventions that are being pushed on you, then, you know, we can prepare you for the worst case scenario, but I would so much rather uh, you avoid the worst case scenario. So that's it for today for your uh, childbirth education tips. You know now what to look for, what kind of class to take, when to take it, where to take it, who to take it with, and what you should be learning and walking away with and why that's so important. Have an awesome day. Any of the resources mentioned in today's episode will be available in the show notes. So go ahead to your podcast app and open up the show notes, or you can find them right on my website. 
And I would be so grateful if you would share today's episode with a friend. So just go back to your podcast app, hit the share button and send the link over to someone who you think would benefit from this. And lastly, if you want bonus brownie points, you can go rate and review the podcast. This helps new subscribers find us and get some awesome benefits from listening to today's episode. Thanks again for being here and have an awesome week.